Lordy. To be in the house of God again. Amen. We'll get started this morning. Uh, there are a few prayer requests. Uh, one is for Sister Lois Johnson or Lois Lopez. Uh, her brother passed away and uh, we need to pray for the family. His name was Richard uh, Knudsen. I know they said uh, they did a test on her while we were down in um, Chitopa. I think it was that Thursday. Uh, they did a test on her. She tested positive for COVID, and then they did a second test on Friday or Saturday. That test came back negative, but um, she's been struggling with uh, uh, hydration. So uh, pray to keep her in her prayers beside. Uh, Everybody else that we have been praying for, all those that are here, the White River group, amen, and our family here. And Brother brother Craig uh, requests prayers. He started revival with Brother Levitt this uh, this evening. They're starting revival with him. They're going to be there for about a week. And doesn't know if he's going to be going on down into uh, Florida preach for Brother Campbell, that's still kind of up in the air, but he, he's coming back and he, he's going to be preaching at Brother uh, Joel Longshore's church, but he asked us to pray for him. Uh, they're going to be moving back up here at, probably at the end of this month or the first part of November. So, what else? Oh yes, announcement this morning. There will be no uh, what would you call it, toddler Sunday school because, uh, and, I, and I hope everybody stays out of that room right there. It's a mess in there. Uh, I've got stuff all laying all over. I'm trying to get everything done here and I'm just moving stuff back and forth. Uh, a lot of stuff that we have, material stuff, so there will be no toddler class this morning or, what would you say, what would you, how would you say that? Preschool Sunday school. So I'll be, uh, so they'll be with us this morning. So all you adults better step up. You know how advanced they are. Amen. I think that's, I think that's about it. So praise the Lord. If you'd all stand with me, I'd like to ask Brother uh, Aaron if you would come and lead us in prayer this morning.
great salvation in Jesus' name. For your precious blood, O God, we are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord. Amen. The Lamb of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. For truth that has made us free. Thank you for us gathering together in your name. Have your way, O God. Amen. Lord, minister to every heart. Amen. Every person, Father, you know our needs. And let's cast our cares upon you. Look to you, O God, in faith with expectation. One mind and one accord. Amen. Bless your church, O God. Bless the people of God worldwide. Strengthen and edify your church, O God. You're coming in soon. Let we can turn ourselves. Amen, O God. Walk in thy ways. Even draw closer to you, Father. Amen. Mighty God, to work out our own salvation with fear and with trouble. Amen. Bless the service, O God. Thank you for your presence. Let your Lord be upon us. Upon the man of God, to preach and teach your word. Amen, O God. Among all those have a part of service, Father. Amen. A songwriter, singer, musician. O God, just do a work in our hearts today. For we need you, O God. Help us, O God. Bless us, Father. Amen. Bless all those, O God, who are not here. Just go out to their hearts. Amen, Lord. I pray, O God, after David Lord Johnson, that you comfort her and her family. During this hard time, O God, the loss of the mother of his father. Amen, mighty God. Bless mom, Father. Amen. Bless for healing. Touch her, O God. Amen. Bless all the people of God in the face of Terry Marshall. Bless their ministry. Direct their steps. Concern them, Mr. God. Be with them, music, and on you. Amen. We're careful to give you all the praise and glory. Bless all the saints and white Father. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.
things happening in this world yeah. it seems to get be getting uh, gets a lot worse a lot of turmoil a lot of disagreement a lot of opinions a lot of th crazy things taking place but I'm glad that I'm in a place where I could have some soundness of mind and peace of mind peace of spirit where I can feel, I can have that stability that everybody needs. Yeah. This world needs some stability. Yeah. Yeah. Too much uh, fickleness. And, uh, too many things going on. I mean, uncertainties. And too many trends. Too many different lifestyles. Praise God. <coughs> so, uh, this is a place where we can come and we can enjoy His presence and we can enjoy some sanity. Amen. In the house of God. So. Amen. As I said earlier, there will be no uh, Sunday school for the little ones, but there will be for the adolescents. So. 
you can be dismissed if you want to go to your Sunday school room. Just so you can stay in here. My. Tell you what, the, the Lord sure knows. About, uh, I was, uh, my heart was, was, was going in another direction, and of course I wanted to follow up on some things I've been teaching on um, prior before us going to Scopa. I wanted to do some follow-up. I just felt led in my heart that I wanted to do some follow-up just for us to go a little further. And uh, that changed all this morning. And the Lord started talking to me, and I thought, wow. And, uh, okay, I'll, I'll be obedient. So I just started listening to him because he started speaking to me through his word. And, and, and uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was thinking about uh, Gideon and how... Gideon, the Lord chose Gideon to deliver Israel from the Midianites. And uh, of course, uh, like we all do, human natures, when we hear the word of the Lord and then we know what we need to do, and of course, if it comes from the Lord, there should be no question or no doubt about what we have to do. But Anyway, obviously Gideon knew that uh, it was the angel of the Lord that spoke to him, but still he asked for, uh, and, I, and I thought about that. Uh, he, he realized it was the Lord speaking to him, but then he asked him for a couple things before he, he uh, amen, went on his campaign to deliver Israel from, from, from the Midianites. He asked for two things. And the Lord did him. He wanted God to bear witness. To know that God was with him. Although he seemed the angel of the Lord. He still asked for that witness. And God did it for him. And he, that's where we get the term fleeced. He fleeced the Lord. And he asked the Lord. If this is you Lord. I want you to. Uh, I want to put this fleece out here. And I want that fleece just to be. Uh, saturated with dew. And the ground around it dry. So when he woke up to the, the, the the next morning, guess what happened? That fleece was saturated with, with dew from heaven. So he wrung it out. And then he said, don't be angry at me, Lord. If I ask you the second time, I want to put this fleece back down here. But I, I don't want the fleece to be saturated. I want the ground around it to be saturated and the fleece dry. Guess what? The Lord honored his request. And the ground around that fleece was saturated, but the fleece was dry. So he got his witness, two witnesses. And uh, of course, out of the mouth are two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Of course, he's, the angel of the Lord spoke to him, told him what he wanted him to do to lead Israel. He would deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. But, you know, we get to that point where we always, I, I don't know what it is, human nature is, we always want to know it's God. Of course, I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but when you when God speaks to you the way he does, especially through his word, you you just kind of, uh, uh, how would I say, there's that part of us 
human nature. Amen. And I was thinking about that this morning. And I wasn't asking God for it, please. I just accepted it as his will. You know, the word he gave me, and I thought, okay, this is the direction I will go this morning. <laughs> I thought to myself, well, all of us know this. I think we do. Maybe we don't. Maybe that's why he gave it to me. I don't know. Praise God. Or maybe some of us even need to go deeper. I don't know. But we started song service this morning. I, I did everything but try to keep myself from reacting the way I was reacting. I was trying to keep my tears back, worship God, and play for him at the same time. But, you know, I, I didn't tell Sister Melissa what to sing this morning. I didn't tell her what to sing. She obviously, the Lord laid every one of those songs on her heart. Talk, man, talk about the presence of the Lord. From, from the get-go, the presence of the Lord just filled this place. I mean, powerful. And then her, her selection of songs, it was just like the Lord was saying, see, this is the reason why. This is why I spoke to you this morning. And it was all over what he gave me. And I thought, man, talk about. Woo! Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you like being right? Yeah. How many of you like being wrong? Nope. We don't like being wrong, do we? When it comes to defending ourselves, you know, if there's a you know, somebody refutes us, or we want to, we want to, and I'll, I'll use the word that I guess we're all familiar with, argument. When we argue, it's not, I don't know about you, but I don't like to argue. No. I don't look to argue with anybody. I just, I'm, I'm getting up there in my years now, so I just like to enjoy peace and quiet. That's just the way I am. I just like, a good day is when this, a, a day without any kind of interruptions or any kind of dynamics in my day. Oh man, I said it was a good day. Woo! Enjoy the peace of the Lord, the peace of his spirit. Man, I tell you what. But there's some days that it happens. There's disruption, there's noise, there's movement, there's tumults. All those kind of things just kind of come to the surface. Oh man, then there's arguments. Oh man, I don't like to argue. But we always tend to go to that point where when we argue, we want to be right. We want to be right. I'm the person that's going to be right. My wife laughs at me because the other day we were talking about something, uh, oh, Dakota days. She said, when is Dakota days? I said, usually the second week of October, so probably not until the 10th or the 12th. So it was around there. Usually, she said, are you sure? I said, yep, that's been the practice. He said, I'm going to check on it. Guess what? She found out it wasn't the second. It's the first and second. So guess what? She was using that against me. See? I'm right. You're wrong. So I said, oh, well, have at it. I, 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 I kind of threw something in there just to irk her, just to make her, you know, just to irritate her. I said, I'll let you be right this time. 
I know somebody else that's like that. She's sitting in this congregation. I'm not going to tell you who. And all you ladies are probably saying, it's me, it's me, it's me. And I'm, well, if, that, if that's the way you feel, I guess that's the way you feel. But, but praise God. One thing is, I want you to understand this. There's not one of us in here that can argue with God. That's right. What he says is the final word. What he says is the final word. Can't argue. And uh, we try to. We try to refute. We try to argue. We try to establish our, and listen to this, our own opinions. Even about him. We try to tell God who he is when he's really not that. Yeah. If you want to know who God is, you have to give it. You have to receive that understanding by his word. Amen. Things that he has spoken. Guess what? God still speaks. We have the written word, but there's also the spoken word. And God, here's the thing, a lot of people don't realize this, but God still moves in men. He still moves in men. And that's what he said. You know, in, in, in the old times, God spake, amen, through men. The Holy Ghost spake through these individuals. And amen, that's how we received uh, the New Testament. Amen. Oh, men, uh, these men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Well, the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God are one and the self same Spirit. Amen. It's talking about God. His Spirit moved upon that person. And because He moved upon that person, that person responded and that person wrote what God told him to write. And so... That's how we receive the, the scripture that we have today. And, but there's one thing I want you to understand. We cannot argue with God. We can try, we can attempt to, but it's, it's just, it's futile. Because God's word is true. He is true. And uh, all we need to do is humble ourselves to it. All we need to do is listen. All we need to do is take his word. Take his word. Especially when it concerns trying to understand who he is and everything he's all about. We just need to take his word for it. Not anybody else. So that's why it's important for us to, you know, you turn with me in your, in your Bibles this morning to John chapter, we'll start out in John chapter 5, and I'll let you get there. If Sunday school's just so you can sit down if you want to. John chapter 5. 
And uh, where am I now? I gotta find my own place. <clears throat> Chapter five, verse number 37. And this is what he said, and the Father himself which has sent me hath borne witness of me. Jesus is speaking. And the Father himself which has sent me hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. In other words, he's telling them, you don't know who he is. You don't know who the Father is. But I do. You haven't heard his voice. You haven't seen his shape. But I have. And he's bearing witness of me. He's bearing witness to me. And he have not his word. He have not his word abiding in you. His word does not abide in you. For whom he has sent him, ye believe not. Praise God. So we see some interesting uh, things here. So he says this in verse 39. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Praise God. So you, so you see here, Jesus is telling, amen, all these religious people that are supposed to know him, And telling them that, hey, guess what? You don't really know him. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? There are a lot of individuals who, you know, they, they, they can say that they know God, but they don't really know him. Amen. You ever hear that expression, I know of him, or I know of her? But I don't really know them. I don't really know her. I really don't know him. I just know of. How is that? Because you haven't really uh, experienced the, you know, having the experience to really know that person personally. To talk to them face to face and to hear, amen, the words that they speak and to get to know them personally. So because of that, you do not have a personal knowledge you do not have a personal relationship with that person, with that individual. You can only claim to know them because you've heard of them. There's a lot of things that we've heard of Jesus, but we don't really, really know him. That's interesting, isn't it? Interesting. But that's what he's saying. That's what he's talking to with all these religious, all these religious leaders, because they claim to know the scripture. They claim to know the scripture. So that's what he's saying. Hey, come on. If you really knew the scripture, you would know of me. Because the scripture has, amen, there, there are uh, hints of who I am that are contained in the scripture. I'm just saying that so you can understand. It's right there. 
in the scriptures. So if you read the scripture, and this is, this is what he's saying, so I'm just paraphrasing. This is what he's saying. If you read the scriptures, you would have known of me. You would have known of me. So when I came, when I've come to you and I'm talking to you, because I'm speaking what the Father has told me to speak. And obviously, if you study Jesus' life, <clears throat> you study the, the, the four Gospels, the four uh, accounts to the Gospels, you're going to find out Jesus made reference to a lot of scriptures, didn't he? Yes. Always went back and he quoted scripture, things that were in the book of Isaiah and, and Amen, Jeremiah and uh, Amen. Uh, so many passages uh, in the Old Testament that he referred to. So obviously, he was trying to bring to them some sort of understanding, but yet they just could not see. Every child of God needs to understand. That's a knowledge that we need to come to. I'm not just talking about intellectually. I'm not just talking about getting acquainted with the Bible to, amen, read it and, and, and to, uh, praise God, be familiar with its passages. It's more than that. It's more than just an intellectual understanding. Amen. The sad thing about it today in this world, a lot of people that claim to know Jesus don't have nothing but an intellectual understanding because they have learned, amen, to become familiar with the passages. They've learned to, to understand what, what is written, but they haven't really learned to understand and know the God who has authored these passages yeah. makes a big difference oh, yes. to know him on a personal basis. Ooh. Here's the thing. Yeah, Jesus said this. Right. He said this. I know him and, 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 and because the Bible says, he says, I proceeded from him or I've come from him. The other word that's there in the Greek is, I, I have issued. In other words, what does that mean? He was begotten of him. Amen. It's like a father begets children, a son and a daughter. How does that take place? Conception. So he's an issue. He's come from the father. He's, he's his seed, in other words. Do you get my drift? He's his seed. He said, so I have come for him. Therefore, because I have come from him, guess what he said? I know him. I have that relationship. I have that connection with the Father because I have come from him. Ooh. You know, that's why it's important to be born again. Amen. Because when you are born again, as Jesus said in the scriptures, when he told Nicodemus, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Right. You cannot see that word. It, it has so many, uh, 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 as far as the definition, not so, in a sense, really broad. But what it means is you can't put your eyes upon it. You can't see the kingdom of heaven if you have not been born again. And you cannot understand what it's all about. So obviously it's not just seeing it, but it's understanding it. Right. But then he says... Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So unless we have those two elements or those elements of being born again 
uh, again, of the water and the spirit, guess what? We cannot see. We cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be a, we're going to be alienated from the kingdom of heaven. We won't understand everything about the kingdom of heaven. That's why we need to be born again. Okay? What did the apostle Peter say? He said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. So we are born again by the word of God. Guess what happens? We hear the word just like we're all doing right now. We hear that word and if we hear it and we submit ourselves to it, we obey it. Guess what? We are born again. That word becomes in us. That seed's been planted. And guess what's going to happen? That seed's going to grow. So because that seed grows, it's like an issue. It's like being, uh, you know what, when it takes place, uh, 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 when a man and woman gets together and, and uh, when they bring forth children, uh, it's like that compared to that, that seed that's planted, it grows. And so it brings forth life. Guess what? We're born again. Uh, conception. When that word is born in us and we experience conception. We become, guess what? The Holy Ghost quickens us. Whew. How many of you feel quickened by the Holy Ghost this morning? Yeah, it's all over in this place. Yeah. All you have to do is just reach out. God wants to touch you. He's reaching out to you and he wants to touch you. So we need to respond. We need to reach out. We need to touch him. Amen. But I don't want to get away from what I'm talking about this morning. But he, look what he says. Search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Something. How the Lord makes his way into our lives. In the fashion he does it, we never really, I guess, pay attention to how he does it. I always remember sitting at my first service in an apostolic Pentecostal church. Of course, I, I was raised denominational, so I was used to what I was taught denominational. But here it was when I, when I actually experienced uh, God's spirit the way I felt it in that service. I could always remember that night in Boulder, Colorado. There I was sitting there. And my, 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 the Holy Ghost was all over me, and I was feeling it, and I didn't know what it was all about, but I was feeling something. I said to myself, man, there's something about the presence that's in this place. It was powerful. But yet when the word came, and I thought to myself, I heard the word, it was like, where did that come from? The inner man was rejoicing. The inner man was, amen, experiencing something that, you know, never experienced before, but guess what? My flesh was trying to rise up. There was that battle. But God was doing the work. And I didn't even know God was doing the work. He was doing the work in me. That I was sitting there. But the more I listened, and the more I heard, are you listening? Amen. You notice how I said that? The more I listened and the more I heard, guess what? It did something to me. It got a hold of me, but you know what? I could have turned the deaf ear to what I was hearing. Right. Yeah. That's right. 
And I could have said, I don't want nothing to do with this. And I could have just shut it out. I could have had selective hearing, but I didn't. I just, something felt good. I mean, some, I, never, I felt something I never felt before in my life. And you know what? That was the presence of God. We all know that, don't we? We can all discern that. We, can, we know when the Holy Ghost is moving, when the Spirit of God is moving. We can feel that. Of course, we know it's here. That's what Jesus said. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name. It's a good thing the Lord keeps his word. Yeah. <laughs> Come in this place this morning and woo, talk about lifting you up. Talk about feeling his presence. But God does it in such a way, I'm, I'm glad that he does it in such a way where sometimes we don't even know the manner that he's doing it to reach out and touch us. But he knows how to touch us. He knows how to speak to us. He knows how to, if I'm going to say that, manipulate the environment. Huh? So that somehow we could, you know, get a glimpse, get a feel of what it's like when we come into his presence. I often wonder what everybody experienced when they seen Jesus and his 12 disciples when they were able just to fellowship with him. They traveled with him. They slept with him. They, they went all over together. I wonder what it was like just watching him, just seeing all those things happen, all those miracles taking place. And not only that, but his ministry, his preaching. I mean, he, he did so much. The Bible, John said, there's so much about him that there's no books in the world that contain everything that he did. If they were recorded, no books in the world would be able to contain everything. So in other words, we just got a little bit of what Jesus did. A little bit. So obviously he made a, a, a really big impact where people were astounded at, in awe of what he did, his ministry. I mean, tell you what, who in this place can raise somebody from the dead? <laughs> Who in this place can create a miracle of healing? Mm. Huh? None of us. Yeah. Without God, we can't. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's why we need Him. Amen. We can't do that. Without God, His reality, we are nothing. That's right. Years ago, I was praying one time, and it was just like I was kind of going back on thankful for. And by the way, I I, I love that Friday. That was that was good because we all need to learn how to have a testimony. Amen. We all need to learn how to stand up and say something for Jesus. We all need. To, if He's done something for you, don't be ashamed to stand up and tell people what He's done for you. And, and that's what I was doing. I was going back and I was thinking, man, the Lord has done so much for me. What he brought me from, what he saved me from. Amen. Addiction. All these other sins that came along with it, man. I, all, that, all that time, here I was. I was trying to, in my own way, change my life, but I couldn't do it. Because God wasn't in it. And so there I was, and so I was thinking about that, and I said... And I was praying about that. And here it was just like the Lord showed me, 
all you did, all, you know, thank God for, you need to thank me for my mercy because all those years, all you, your life was just nothing. You were just existing. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. I mean, we have, we have purpose, don't we? Yes. We do certain yes. things. We, we, we have purpose in our life. You know, like there's certain things we did just to, so our lives could have some kind of meaning, you know, uh, uh, education, uh, trade, trade schools, trade, you know, learning a trade or anything like that. So we tried our best to have some kind of purpose to do something in our life. But let me tell you something. All we did is we existed in that. After the Lord told me, I thought, oh, man, God, I'm so thankful, Lord, that I'm not existing anymore. <laughs> I'm here. My life actually has some purpose, some, a purpose far greater than I could ever imagine. Never belittle what God is doing in your life. Because what God is doing through you has a purpose, has a meaning, has a far greater meaning. And we can do a lot more than if we try to accomplish something on our own. Reach some kind of a, you know, achieve some kind of great thing. Praise God. So I'm glad he came into my life. Anyway, let's back, get back to our lesson here. So, so you, th you see this, and, and, and God, by his wisdom, always and, and still does, intervenes in people's lives but he does it subtly yes. you might think oh Sunday school this morning oh, I might just go to church this morning I might just go to the house of God and worship a little bit that's the kind of that's our thinking but guess what even though you felt like that's what you wanted to come to do the Lord says, okay, they don't really know what I'm going to do. I have a greater meaning and a greater purpose for them. That's the reason why they're going. Get their sight off of what they're looking at and get it up on me. So they can see me. So they can really see me. So they can really understand me. Woo! Hallelujah. We don't think about that sometimes. We never did when we were in sin, did we? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Paul said, we weren't even looking for God. How many of you were looking for God when you were in sin? Be honest with yourselves. You weren't looking for him. You were looking for something else. You were pursuing something else in your life. You weren't mindful about God. And if it was, if you did, you know, think about God a little bit, it was just, uh, it was never deep in thought. It was obviously, uh, I heard somebody make this, made this statement. I'm trying to remember his name now. But he said this. He said, Christianity is not a, uh, what we call a, uh, as far as knowing God, where we can just touch it every now and then and go away from it. It's not a hobby. That's right. That's what he was saying. It's not a hobby. 
if we could all somehow, one, if we could all really pursue God with everything that's in us, it will make a difference in your life if you pursued God with all your heart, Amen. with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. If you applied yourself in that way, and I'm not talking 65%. I'm not talking 75%. I'm not even talking 95%. I'm talking 100% and maybe even above that. Right. If we sought God like we should seek God, we would probably get a clearer glimpse of Him. Because our hearts are not turned or tuned into that, uh, how, how would I say, that place where we can really draw nigh to him and know him. Because if we seek God half-heartedly, guess what? God is not going to impart himself unto you. Because he knows you do not have interest. He knows that you're just, you know, it's something that happens. It's almost like a hobby. Oh, I feel like doing this today. <laughs> I feel like seeking God today. But all the rest of the days, all the rest of the days of the week, guess what? You don't seek God. Or I feel like praying today. All the rest of the days of the week, guess what? You don't pray. Huh? Ooh. Living for God is something that should you and I should employ every day of the week. 24-7, we should live for God. Not just when we feel like it. Or we want to give Him favor. <laughs> wow. I hope I'm not stepping on your toes. Wow. Not when we feel like we want to give him favor. We want to give him some grace. Oh God, I'll, I'll pay attention to you today. Because that's how the world does it. Leisure. Pleasurely. Comfortably. Huh? We're in that place where we just like everything just at ease. At ease. Maybe that's why a lot of people have a hard time living for God because they're used to their life being at ease. And then when they come to the knowledge of the truth and, you know, when you come to the truth, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get Satan mad. He's going to come against you. Full throttle. He's going to unleash hell against you. That's, that's the first thing that, you know, born-again people experience is that when, the, when you get the devil mad, what is that crawling on the floor? I hope that's a cricket, not a spider. Praise God. Right oh, on your right side, uh, Jacob. I, I caught a church cricket in here yesterday, and I thought, no, I don't. It's a cricket. Okay, he's, maybe that was him worshiping with us. I don't know. I thought I heard some violins. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody was worshiping God this morning. But anyway, when you think about that, when you think about, praise God, how much we really want to see God. I think that's the reason why Jesus said, search the scriptures. Search them. Because they testify of me. It's contained in these passages right here, this 
This book that you and I carry around is contained in these passages. Amen. Information, revelation, understanding about him. But they're hidden in obscurity. You don't receive the full uh, picture. You get a glimpse. God always hints. If you really want to know him, you've got to search for him. You've got to seek him. You've got to pursue him. You've got to do all those things to be able to come to that understanding. And it's important for us to, to realize that. But he's always hidden certain things in, in those passages where, where if you weren't really if you weren't really searching with your heart, guess what? You always you, you never really understood and it never really jumped out at you. Reading the Bible is not like reading any other book. That's right. How many of you believe that? Amen. Yeah. Reading the Bible is not like reading any other book. A lot of people have trouble with the Bible. Why is it? Because they're trying to approach it. They're trying to approach their understanding of the scripture. They're trying to do it on their own. They're trying to use their own method. They're trying to approach it with their own opinion. And so that's why they have a lot of difficulty. The only, the only way you can ever understand the scripture is to, to allow yourself to let the spirit of God move in your life and, amen, develop a relationship with him. When you do that, of course, the born-again process, that's the whole reason why it's there. When that experience happens to you, then guess what? The, the scripture's opened up to you. The only reason why they couldn't understand the scripture, and that's why he told them, search the scripture. The only reason why they couldn't understand, if you read in Matthew 15, amen, he says that the only reason why you could not understand, because your hearts were far from me, and you taught for doctrine, the teachings of men. You brought your own understanding. You brought your own opinion. That's why you don't know who I am. You were looking at me through a different set of eyes. So that's why you could not see me. That's why you could not understand me. That's why you can't approach me. That's why you're having a difficult time. Does that sound familiar to some of you? Huh? Because that's the way it is. So uh, go with me to First uh, Chronicles chapter ten if you want to go there. <clears throat> I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I'll be getting to some scripture here. Just be uh, be patient with me, and, and we'll go along as we go along. But look what he said uh, in in First Corinthians chapter ten. Remember the apostle Paul is uh, writing this speaking to the church at Corinth, he says, moreover, in verse number one, moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock 
was Christ. Wait, wait, hold on a second here. Hold on a second. The Apostle Paul is talking about the Israelites' experience when they came out of Egypt. God delivered them, brought them to Mount Sinai, and he brought the law. They were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the Red Sea. But if you go back in the Old Testament and you read that account in, in Exodus chapter uh, 14 and go all, all the way to the end of Exodus, they were following Moses. Moses was following Jehovah. So in other words, that manifestation that the Israelites experienced, that cloud, that pillar of a cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, and even crossing the Red Sea when the waters were departed, all that manifestation of God's presence, they knew that he was there. The almighty Elohim was there. The almighty God. And so they seen the works of God, but yet they understood that they were following, they were following Jehovah. But yet, here's Paul, here's Paul writing to the church at Corinth and saying, talking to them, you know, about the history of the Israelites and everything that they did, you know, when they followed Moses out of Egypt, and he said, they all ate the same spiritual meat and they all drank the same spiritual drink and 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 uh, they drank of that rock which followed them and that rock was who? Christ. So hold on a second here. Am I reading that right? That manifestation of God's presence that they witnessed And you know they looked at it, and they they uh, you know obviously they they understood that God was with them, God delivered them. That manifestation, El Ohim. And yet Paul says that was Christ. Wow, that's something, isn't it? Yes. The the one that was responsible for all that, for their deliverance and for defeating Pharaoh and his armies, drowning them in the Red Sea that depart that parted the Red Sea, so they could walk across on dry ground, that pillar of fire that stood between them and Pharaoh's army, and seeing and witnessing that every day, whenever they traveled, there it was right in front of them. So they knew that hey, that's. That's our God. That's Jehovah. Elohim. Elohim. That's interesting. That word, Him. El, the mighty God. Elohim. You ever do a search on that word? That's Hebrew. Elohim. El, the mighty God, the ever present one, eternity, the one who's eternal. Elohim, 
When it says El Ohim, it's a plural. So that's why people think it's a plurality of persons. It's not a plurality of persons. It's a plurality of his attributes and his power. Amen. So they're saying when they talk about Elohim, the mighty God, they're talking about all these things that the manifestation of God, his power, his strength. And so they see that they witness that his power, his might, his strength. But Paul is, is saying this. He's saying that 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 cloud that they followed, that spiritual meat that they ate, that spiritual drink that they drink, that rock was Jesus Christ. That was Christ. So hold on a second here. Hold on a second. You ever wonder why Jesus said that? Search the scriptures. For they testify of me. They testify of me. They'll tell you everything about me. In essence, what he was saying, you know, I'm the God of the Old Testament. Amen. Huh? Amen. I'm the God of the Old Testament. That God that led Israel out of Egypt, that delivered his people, that God that established the kingdom of Israel, I'm that God. Hmm? I'm that God. There, you see me in my spiritual form. You ever wonder why Jesus said, you have never heard his voice or seen his shape? Well, in the Old Testament, he did not have a shape. You know why? He, God, is a spirit. Amen. So all they seen was the manifestation of that spirit. God moving. Every once in a while, here you will appear as an angel, as a theophany, as an angel, an angelic image or presence. And every time he did, you know what? He, he never go, he never strays from his word. He always appeared, and that theophany always was in the, the form of a man. I'm sorry, sisters. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think God's a woman. I was I was reading uh, uh, this kind of little uh, how would you say uh, somebody put on the internet one time, and of course it was uh, a theologian, and but she refers to she referred to God being a woman. I thought, oh, you need to. You need to read your Bible. Yeah. Or are you reading the Bible? Yeah. I thought to myself, no, 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 no. Because they use the word he, not her. <clears throat> he, he, yeah. he, him. And so, but we see this, and that's what Jesus said. Hey, you have neither heard his voice nor seen his shape. You don't know what God looks like. Why, why do you think that Jesus was saying that? Huh? Why do you think Jesus was saying that? They couldn't believe he was looking at God. And every time he testified to this, he said, Hey, if you don't believe me, believe me for the work's sake. Yeah, yeah. Believe me for all these works that have been done, all these miracles. Believe me for the work's sake. Who alone? You know, I wonder if Peter and all of them kind of uh, maybe got a, a understanding when they were out on that on that uh, on the sea there, and those waves were just boisterous and blowing around, and they thought they were going to die, and all of a sudden they see somebody walking on the water, 
I said, what is going on? They thought it was the spirit and it was Jesus. He said, fear not, it is I. And so it calmed them down. But if they read the Old Testament, they, they would find out that God alone is the one that treads upon water. Yes. Amen. So I'm wondering in the, in the back of their mind if they, if they might have come across that. I thought, wait a minute. What, what is it? What's up with this guy, Jesus? He can walk on water. How many of you can walk on water? No. <laughs> Not one of us. That's right. But Jesus can. Amen. And he walked on water. Peter did for a little while. But only because he had faith. Yes. But when he seen those big waves all around him, guess what? He lost faith and woo and went down. So by faith, we can achieve a lot of things, can't we? Amen. If we keep our mind on God. But we see this. We see that he makes this, he makes this claim. And uh, go with me, uh, go with me to, uh, just be patient with me. We're going to get going here. Second Timothy, uh, excuse me, First Timothy chapter, chapter 3. And uh, verse number 16. And this is what it says. The Apostle Paul again writing here. And uh, hey, by the way, who is the Apostle Paul? Or I say, I should say, what, what nation is he from? What nation? What group of people? The Apostle Paul. He was from the tribe of what? Benjamin? So obviously he was a Hebrew, wasn't he? He was a Hebrew. So here's the Apostle Paul, a Hebrew, a Jew. And here he is talking about Jesus. <laughs> but he's referring to him as Yahweh, as Jehovah. He's given him that glory because he understood who Jesus was and is. So that's why he could write this in 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Okay, Great is, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. So he talks about this. He, 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 he writes it down. He says, great is that mystery of godliness. Then he goes on to describe everything about that godliness. So when he goes on to describe everything about that godliness, who is the one person that you can identify who he's talking about? Jesus. First thing about him, he said, God was manifest in the flesh. That song we sang this morning, I have to go back here and look at my notes. Jesus' name above all names. Beautiful Savior. Glorious Lord. Goes on. And God is with us. God is with us. Sounds like what 
The prophet Isaiah said when he talked about Emmanuel being interpreted, God with us. And that's what it was spoken of Jesus that, you know, when, when they spoke to Joseph and Mary about his birth. Emmanuel, God with us. So in other words, what happened? Well, there came a day when God had to come. But he didn't come necessarily, amen, like he did in the Old Testament. He did not manifest himself through the signs and wonders in the Old Testament. He did not contain himself like he did in the Old Testament. You know what he did? He came in the form of man. Emmanuel, God with us. So we, so we see that, and that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Him coming into the world. Amen. Amen. And, and, and he speaks about that, you know, in, in the book of uh, Galatians, when he talks about him, that, amen, uh, that there came a day when, when God would be manifested and, and he was born under the law. Amen. And, and so we see that fulfillment in the scripture where all this happens. And in Galatians chapter four, verse number four, but when the fullness of time was come, when the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoptions of son. So when the fullness of times was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. Man, I tell you what. How many of you believe God's a God of miracles? Amen. Amen. I've witnessed several miracles. I, I should retract that statement. Not just several. Many miracles. Many miracles. That's, that's basically how God got a hold of me. When I seen those miracles, I thought, man, what in the world? God is real. God can do this. God can give somebody a a new pair of eyes so they can see. He can open the deaf ears. Huh? He can heal the lame. I've seen that happen. I've seen cancer. People that were stricken with cancer healed. I've seen growths fall off their face, off their legs. I've seen that happen. So I knew God could heal. There was a manifestation of what God can do. His, his miracle working power Amen. Did you realize he's the same God? Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still in the saving business. Amen. He's still in the deliverance business. He's still in the healing business. He still happens. He has not, amen, changed. Nothing has changed about him. You cannot change God. But here, here he is. He's a God of miracles. So if God can create the world and everything that's in them, if he can create all the stars, the sun, the moon, the stars, the universe, the galaxies, this world, mankind, animal life, plant life. He created, he's responsible for all this. He created all this. That's a miracle, isn't it? Yes. Don't you think God could create a body for himself? Yes. Amen. 
never realized it. I never paid attention to it when I was younger. Go to church. Hear a little bit of the word. Not a whole lot. Just a little bit. Recited a lot of prayers. Stood up, sat down. Stood up, sat down. That was about it. Every once in a while we took communion. Well, I guess every time we took communion. We would do that. That was it. That's all we knew. Nothing was really expounded on. They never really got deep in the scriptures. They just told us what it was all about and we accepted it. So, okay, fine. Mm. Then when I came to the knowledge of the truth, it was like, wait a minute. That was in the Bible? Nobody told me that was in the Bible, but it is in the Bible. It was just like, wow. Wasn't I wasn't, didn't, wasn't I cheated? Yes. Yes, amen. That's right. I was, that, you know, amen. I thought to myself, I didn't know that there was so much about this. I didn't understand right. that. Right. And I didn't realize there was only one way to be saved. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's right. When I came to that understanding, I said, wow. Yep. Amen. But here, here's the one thing that I, I want you to understand this. If, if God was able to do all that. Don't you think he could create a body that he could live in? Right. Huh? Yeah. Why, why does the scripture say this? And when, when the angel spoke to, uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 1, and uh, because that's in the Bible, is that all right? No. We, could, we could read the book of Matthew, can't we? Amen. We can read all the scriptures because it's all contained in there. We're not going to lose anything. We're going to come to an understanding. But but look what it says here. It says here in Matthew chapter 1, and if my pages would quit sticking together. Look what it says here. And, and in verse number 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Man. How did that happen? She was found with child by the Holy Ghost. She was found with child by the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Can you imagine how that disrupted their relationship? I wonder what Mary thought when she said, Joseph, yes, Mary? I hate to tell you this, but I think I'm pregnant. Can you imagine what he thought? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in his mind. We're espoused. Right. We haven't been together. How is that possible? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. 
Wait a minute, Mary. That's right. You know, I like the way the Bible puts it. It does it gracefully. He says he didn't want to make her a public example, so he is willing to put her away privately. In other words, he wanted to keep it hush-hush. So he was thinking about that. This is because obviously he must have thought, well, how does she get? Who is she with? Right. Huh? Yeah. Wouldn't that disturb you if your wife came up to you and said, "I'm pregnant," and you know you had nothing to do with that? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Come on, guys. Right. Yeah. What kind of disruption would that start in your relationship? <laughs> and here's Mary trying to tell Joseph. I haven't been with anybody, Joseph. I can't explain what's going on. All I know is I'm pregnant. <laughs> wow. Ooh, I'm just, just putting it out there. That's amazing. So you can get an idea. God is amazing. Now all of a sudden Joseph's thinking about it. Man, I don't know. All of a sudden he's, the angel speaks to him and amen. Uh, says, uh, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. In other words, God is the one that has done that to her. God is able to create life. If he's able to form us out of the dust of the ground and grow in our nostrils so that we could receive the breath of life, he's, he's able to create life in the womb. Amen. And so you see this, and, and, and he says, And she shall bring forth a son. Of course, they did not have ultrasound in those days. Because if you ended up being pregnant, you could just pretty much, it was 50-50, it was going to be a boy or a girl. So yeah. you prayed for, if you, know, if you wanted a boy, you prayed for a yeah. boy. But if not, if you wanted a girl, you prayed for a girl. So it was a 50-50 chance, if I want to use that word. But here's the, here's the word of the Lord. Mary's going to have a, he didn't say a daughter. Mary's going to have a son. Going to have a son. And amen. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. So in other words, he's telling Joseph what Mary's going to have. And then he's even saying, this is what you are going to name him. Jesus. It's the Greek interpretation of the Hebrew word, what? Jehovah, Yeshua. You know what that means? God has become my salvation or my savior. So why would he choose the name Jesus? Because that's what his name was going to be because that's what he and who he was. God was going to become, amen, their salvation, our salvation. And it says, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, behold, look what he says, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now let the Bible tell you that. Yeah. The Bible said, said Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. 
That's how God was going to come into this world. He was going to come into this world to save us. He was going to become a human being. You know, we hear about the incarnation of Christ, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. All that simply, that's a theological terminology. And all that simply means is this. Deity has become humanity. God has become flesh. So Jesus became the habitation. Are you listening to me? Or if I want to say this, the temple of God's spirit, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that's why when he went about doing all these good things, guess what? That's why when he went about doing all that, that's why all these miracles were happening. Why? Because it wasn't just a man. It was the spirit that was in that man. Amen. Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the anointed one. What does that mean? He was anointed with the spirit of God. The spirit of God resided in him. One man. One spirit. One name. Amen. If that wasn't an indication, I mean, if people were searching the Bible, they would find out, hey, wait, all those religious leaders, all the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essens, the Zelots, if, 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 the, if they would have read their Bibles, they would have said, hey, hey, wait a minute, what, what, what is this? Because in the Old Testament, God was speaking through his prophets. And he spoke about a time that he said, I swear by myself. I'm swearing by myself. Paul said it, that by two mutable things that it was impossible for God to lie. So he made that promise. He said, I'm going to take care of this sin question. I'm going to take care of salvation. I'm going to do it myself. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to be born into this economy, into this realm. I'm going to become a human being. So amen. So he, she was conceived by the Holy Ghost. So the Spirit of God was the Father, but the body was the Son. Why? Because he was born. Man, man, man. I remember one time somebody asked me one time. I went to a job interview. That's how I got hired out to the treatment center in Rosebud. One of the people sitting on that board was uh, another minister, a Baptist minister. So my resume I had in there that I was a minister. And obviously everything, all my information was in it. He comes in, he says, Hello, you must be Harold. I said, yes, I am. He said, I heard you're a minister. I said, yes, I am. He said, what flavor of Christian are you? Uh, uh, I said, apostolic. So he said, apostolic? Oh, oh, okay. So you're Jesus only. I said, no. So there was a puzzled look on his face. He said, you're not Jesus only? I said, no, I'm Jesus everything. I said, I believe Jesus is the Father, 
He is the Son, and He is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Woo! But it's all Jesus. Yeah. Kind of like, that was hard for him to really yeah. comprehend that. It was like, but guess what? He never wanted me to explain it to him. But we see that. One, one God. One God. So, so when, when we understand uh, all, all this terminology as far as uh, the Lord coming to earth, and uh, uh, let's, let's go to, uh, let's see, oh man, uh, man, I tell you what, time always, well, let's go anyway. Uh, <clears throat> okay. God the Creator. We'll probably just have a time, enough time for a couple passages. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis 1 1. Oh, man. It's a good thing we didn't cut down our time in the morning. We wouldn't even have time to touch the tip of the iceberg. We're barely doing it now. Man, if my pages weren't stuck together, I would be happy. Okay, Genesis 1 1. Does everybody have it? Yeah. Look what it says. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Everybody see that? So who created the heaven and the earth? God. God? God did, didn't it? Everybody agree with that? Amen. Everybody's in agreement with that? Well, let's check, let's check it out. Let's, let's make, uh, go to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. And uh, you'll see here, so in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And look what it says here in John chapter 1. Now, why would the Apostle John see this? Amen. In John chapter 1, in verse number 10, it says, look what it says. Uh, well, he's, he's talking about God there. There was, a, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Verse number 6. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So obviously he's speaking about who? Jesus. He says, he was in the world. Who was in the world? Jesus. And the world was made by him. Amen. And look what it says. And the world knew him not. So we have a dilemma here to a lot of people. Not to me, because I understand John's account. I know what he's talking about because he was an eyewitness. And that's what he said. We have handled of the word of God. That's what he said, didn't he? We handled the word of God. We seen that light. We, we, we witnessed it. But So he understood that when he was talking about Jesus, amen, uh, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him. He's talking about Jesus. So he understood that Jesus was the one that created the heaven and 
the earth. Hallelujah. Well, let's go back. We have just a few more minutes here. Let's go back. Uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 2. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. And, and verse number uh, 7, this is what it says. In Genesis chapter 2, and verse number 7, and it says, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we, so we see that. He formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he believed, breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. Okay, well, go to First Corinthians chapter 8. And uh, we'll look at verse number 6. Okay? It says in 1 Corinthians 8, verse number 6, But to us there is but one God. There's but one God, the Father, of whom are all things. And we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Woo! My, my. Here's, here's the play on the words. If you really get into the Greek Bible, you're going to find out in the, in the use of words... Uh, there's a word, the, Hebrew, the Greek word kai, K-A-I. You can look this up yourself. You can, you, you'll research it. You're going to find it to be fact. Kai, in the New Testament, can be used in either place uh, as and or even. While in a lot of passages in the scripture, in, instead of the, the word that should have been translated even, they inserted and. This is one of the passages so if we read it the way it should have been translated, this is the way. This is what it should have said. But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, even one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Ooh. A lot of people don't know that. But guess what we do? We'll stop there for this morning. Time's already passed. Man. Two-hour break, and we'll be back in here at 2 o'clock. So hope to see everybody here this afternoon, and we're going to have us a time in the Lord. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for your presence, and greet one another. God bless you all.